your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 537 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, just a couple of hours ago, wrapping up a pretty epic 2-1 to victory against the Boston Bruins, a game that was decided in the ninth round of a shootout where Keandre Miller scored uh, the quote-unquote walk-off goal in the quote-unquote bottom of the ninth there. Uh, just a outstanding finish to a tremendous hockey game, a game that... You know, I mean, there's so much to talk about here. It's even it's hard to even know where to start. But this is the kind of game that as recently as I think even a year ago, I'm not so sure that the Rangers could have played this type of a game against a team like the Boston Bruins and come away with it with two points. The Bruins, you know, they're always known for being a big team, a physical team, a team that tries to uh, punk out the Rangers, quite frankly. You know, we've seen them in the past try to intimidate the Rangers a little bit. Maybe in the past it's worked to some degree. It certainly has not worked this season because the Rangers now 2-0 and against the Boston Bruins. They won a relatively high-scoring game against the Bruins earlier this season, and now they win just a tough, blue-collar, grinded-out kind of a game. A lot of hitting, a lot of just stout defense being played both ways. The Rangers survive a uh, lackluster first period in which they only got two shots on goal, but... They obviously come storming back, and they end up out shooting the Bruins 34 to 32 on the night. They also out hit the Bruins 36 to 25. I mean, even out hitting the Bruins, that in and of itself probably doesn't happen uh, prior to this season, at least in recent history between these two teams. But I can't go a second further without talking about Igor Shesterkin and the borderline legendary performance that he had. I mean. The thing is, we've talked so many times on here about how Igor Shesterkin has had, you know, a tremendous game, and he stole the game, and he did this, and he did that, and I've had to go pretty deep into the bag of adjectives to describe how Igor Shesterkin has played in a lot of these games this season, but this one, this game against the Bruins here, this one had a whole different layer to it because, you know, for anybody who watched this game, you you probably already know what I'm talking about. Igor Shesterkin, the game goes into overtime and, you know, a couple of chances both ways. It's anybody's game, you know, three on three overtime. It's a complete crapshoot. But there was an incident where he basically just got bowled over and went down to the ice and Alexi Lafreniere, Keandre Miller, Barclay Goodrow, they were all out there and they jumped the player on the Bruins that, uh, you know, knocked over Igor. But, and they ended up giving matching minors. You know, the Rangers and Bruins both get a minor penalty there. But Igor Shesterkin, you know, a couple more minutes go by. I think two more minutes went by in the overtime period. And then, and only then, did the NHL decide to uh, call in to, you know, the, uh, the bench there and say that the Rangers had to remove Igor Shesterkin from this game to get checked out for a concussion. Now, first of all, let me just say, I understand where the NHL is coming from when it comes to head injuries and concussions. There's not really anything you can do about it. That's what Gerard Gallant, I think, was saying to his coaches on the bench. If the NHL makes that call and they think that somebody needs to be checked for a concussion, then so be it. I mean, those are the rules, and it 
probably should happen. Not only does it need to happen, it probably should happen because you can't be too careful when it comes to head injuries. But this also just kind of shines a light, I think, on the fact that the NHL's you know concussion protocol uh, or, or whatever you want to call it that is flawed because, again, two full minutes went by before that call was made and before somebody made the decision that Igor Shesterkin had to come out of that game. Somebody from the NHL made that decision, relayed it down to the Rangers. Jim Ramsey was on the ice. And, you know, I, I realized part of it might be the fact that during a play stoppage, you know, Igor had some kind of weird facial twitches going on, but he does that quite a bit anyway. I think a lot of goalies do that. That's just kind of like a little tick that they do during a play stoppage. Uh, every goalie's wired a little bit differently out there, but I've definitely seen Igor, you know, kind of do those weird face contortions or, or whatever you want to call it. But uh, they make the call. Igor Shesterkin has to come out of the game. He's mad. He doesn't want to even hear about it when Jim Ramsey goes onto the ice. Not that he's mad at Ramsey. I mean, Ramsey's just doing his job, and he's done a great job as the Ranger trainer over the years. But Igor has to come out of the game, and, you know, he's usually a pretty cool, calm, and collected goalie, but we saw some raw emotion come out of Igor Shesterkin there. He slams his stick against the boards on his way to the locker room, and I swear to God this is true. As this happened, and keep in mind, there's only 40 seconds left in the overtime period. Uh, Igor Shesterkin left the rink. He, he fist-bumped with Alex Georgiev, who obviously had to come into the game, but at that very moment, Swear to God, this was my first reaction. I said the Rangers should call their timeout right here and right now. I don't remember where the faceoff was at this point. I think it was actually forthcoming in the Bruins zone. But I said, you know what? Stall. Stall a little bit because Igor can go in there, get checked for a concussion. He probably won't make it back out for any of the remaining 40 seconds of overtime. But you might be able to get him back out there for the shootout. That was the exact thought that went went through my head there. And the Rangers didn't do that. Uh, there was, however, a play stoppage with, I believe, six or seven seconds to go in the overtime period. And that's when the Rangers called the timeout. Now, of course, in that situation, look, you can't take that timeout with you. It doesn't carry into the next game. And you've got an offensive zone faceoff coming. So I'm sure the Rangers, uh, regardless of anything going on with Igor Shesterkin, I'm sure that they wanted to... Uh, you know, talk about what they want to do. If we win the faceoff, let's do this. If we lose the faceoff, let's try to get the puck back and do that. Um, so I'm sure they want to talk strategy, but I think part of the idea there was also let's drag this thing out as long as we possibly can and see if Igor Shesterkin can't get back out there for the shootout. And it's nothing against Alex Georgiev, but as we've talked about on here in the past, you know, shootouts and breakaways in general tend to be something of an Achilles heel for Georgie. I don't think that's really unfair to say at this point. And you combine that with the fact that Georgie went into this game ice cold. And this was a crazy game. A lot of stuff happened both ways. And you've got an ice cold goalie going into the contest with just 40 seconds remaining. And in all likelihood, probably, uh, you know, going to have to be in the game for the shootout. But that was not the case. The Rangers get the game to the shootout, and then here comes Igor Shesterkin back onto the rink. The crowd is roaring and going absolutely wild. Loud chance of Igor. There were loud chance of Igor uh, really throughout the night, but especially in the shootout here, especially uh, in the ninth round of the shootout when, you know, Igor, it was getting late. He had to make a save and set the stage for Ke'Andre Miller's heroics, but uh, I did a video, a Locked On Now video. We do these from time to time at Locked On. It's basically just a rapid react video to whatever happens in your team's game as a host of one of these shows. And, of, of course, I talked for about a minute and a half about the Rangers. But something I said in that video, and I'm honestly not even really kidding that much. I mean, maybe exaggerating just a little bit to make the point. But I said, when it's all said and done, many, many years from now, when Igor Shesterkin hangs up his skates and gets elected into the NHL Hall of Fame, which I... <laughs> 
Honestly, I think it's going to happen. I realize there's a long, long way to go, and he's got to have many, many more great seasons than he currently has under his belt, but I think that kind of potential exists for Igor Shesterkin. That's something I've been talking about for quite a while on here, and I really think that when you know the time comes for him to enter the NHL Hall of Fame and you know, you talk about some of his career highlights and some of his best moments and his biggest wins and his most unbelievable saves and all that good stuff. I really think that you're going to see this game against the Bruins as one of the earlier featured games in Igor Shesterkin's career highlight reel. Because again, not only was he sensational in this game, he ends up stopping a total of 31 shots out of a possible 32. And, you know, he had a save in this game where he had to do a split. It was just absolutely wild. He had a great save in the overtime period as well. He was fantastic. But again, this game had a whole extra layer of intrigue to it. The fact that he got knocked out of the game, came back out there like just a complete boss, steps back between the pipes, and then stops the Bruins on seven out of their nine shootout attempts, and the Rangers win the game. You can't really do much better than that. You can't really ask for much more than your goaltender than what Igor Shesterkin gave to the New York Rangers uh, on this night here tonight at Madison Square Garden. So absolute kudos to Igor Shesterkin. We are really just getting rolling here on Locked On New York Rangers. There's quite a bit more to talk about as anybody who watched this game or you know, probably even if you didn't watch this game, you see the Rangers won 2-1 to one against a rival team in a nine-round shootout. You probably figure there's quite a bit to talk about here. Indeed, there is. And we're going to do that in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. And all Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, puffs included. 100% Real chocolate, low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these, they are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com and scroll down to check out the macros chart. You will be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just want to thank everybody once again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Locked On NHL, a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Somebody else that I think really deserves a shout out in this game is Philip Heedle. And again, you know, I did that minute and a half long uh, Locked On Now video that I ended up posting to my Twitter account after the game ended a little bit earlier here tonight. But something else that I mentioned in that video is that Philip Heedle, as much as maybe any player on the New York Rangers, he's a guy that just really kind of needed a moment. You know, he needed to score a big, big-time goal, come up with a big-time assist, do something big in a tight game, in a big spot, in a clutch situation. And he did exactly that here tonight. You know, the Rangers, through two periods for the most part, I thought 
not by a dramatic amount, but I thought they at least slightly had the better of play overall. I thought more time was simply being spent on the Bruins side of the rink, uh, at least after what was a little bit of a slow start by the Rangers, but that's to be expected. You know, they've been off for a while. I mean, I understand that also means that they're fresh, but by that same token, they are a little bit rusty. They haven't really uh, obviously played any games recently, so you figure it might take them a little while to get going in this game. And it did. But, you know, it goes into the third period, and you're still trailing in this game, and you're thinking, like, man, I feel like the Rangers have kind of outplayed them. And so you really want to get this game tied, at least get it into overtime, and then, uh, you know, take your chances on what is always a very unpredictable three-on-three overtime period, and then maybe even the shootout as well. And, of course, this one went to the shootout. But, man, Philip Heedle coming up clutch about six minutes or so into the third period. We get Braden Schneider passing out of his own zone up to the blue line to Dryden Hunt. Hunt receives the pass right in front of the Bruins blue line. So he's still in the neutral zone. He's along the boards, and he's got his back turned to the blue line. And rather than, like, you know, turn and try to carry the puck over himself, Hunt sees Philip Heedle kind of streaking up the center of the ice there. We know how fast Heedle is. That's why I want him on the wing. I think he can better take advantage of his speed there. He was at center tonight, but be that as it may, uh, Hunt passes to his right because, again, keep in mind, he's got his back turned to to the blue line, and Heedle takes it, takes the pass in stride, goes to the net, takes a shot. Uh, Jeremy Swayman makes the save. Props to Jeremy Swayman, too. I mean, Igor Shesterkin was not the only goalie who was really sharp in this contest, uh, quite the goalie duo, but he gives up the rebound here. Philip Heedle finds it and buries it into the net, and just like that, we are tied at 1-1, and I swear to God, the first reaction that I had when I saw Philip Heedle score this goal here, I said out loud, Please tell me he was not offside because it was close. And you saw the Bruins coaches were certainly taking a look at it on their bench there, you know, looking at their iPads or whatever those devices are that they have on the benches there. But, uh, you know, replay showed Philip Heedle and props to Heedle too. He had the wherewithal to, you know, kind of drag his skate a little bit, make sure that he stayed onside and then collect the puck, go in and uh, do what he did. I mean, his first shot was stopped, but followed up the play, buried his own rebound. So great job by Philip Heedle uh, staying onside there. Great job by Dryden Hunt getting in the puck, and a great pass by Braden Schneider uh, from his own zone into the neutral zone to Hunt. Kind of got the whole ball rolling on that play. But that also kind of leads me in nicely to another, actually two players that I want to talk about here, that being Braden Schneider and Zach Jones. I thought both of them looked good in this game here tonight. They looked comfortable. Zach Jones almost had uh, the primary helper on what probably would have been uh, the game-winning goal. Jones had the puck along the boards. He made a great centering pass to Alexi Lafreniere, who tipped it just wide. But man, both these guys, uh, to me, they look NHL-ready, especially Schneider. I know Jones had a hiccup or two earlier in the season, but Schneider, I talked about this in a recent episode. I'll mention it again. This dude is never going back to the AHL. So if you're a fan of the Hartford Wolfpack, if you live in the Hartford area, I hope you enjoyed it while you could, you know, getting to see him uh, play live in, in your hometown there. But he's not going back. He's staying on the Rangers uh, for the foreseeable future. As far as him being involved in a trade, I don't see it either. I think the Rangers collectively, and I realize, you know, some of the guys who made that decision are no longer in the Ranger front office, but they love Braden Schneider, and they traded up to get him. They traded one spot in front of the New Jersey Devils in the draft to make sure they could get their guy, and that was Braden Schneider. And uh, Schneider, I mean, he just... He doesn't have any weaknesses, and when you watch him play, he just looks like somebody that he belong that, that belongs in the NHL. And I think uh, everything I just said is true about Zach Jones to a lesser extent. And all this leads me into something else that I wanted to talk about, and that's Patrick Nemeth. But uh, we'll get to Nemeth and a couple of other things in just a second. We'll break down that entire situation. Uh, Nemeth was not available for this game, 
but you know the Rangers aren't really saying why. It's just a little bit of an odd situation. Like I said, we will get to that and a whole lot more in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you could possibly need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, like I said just a second ago, wanted to go ahead and discuss uh, the Patrick Nemeth situation here. He was obviously not in the lineup tonight. And we got a tweet here from our friend Vince Mercogliano. He was on the show uh, not too long ago, just last week, in fact. Special two-part episode. Vince does a great job covering the Rangers. But this is what Vince tweeted out uh, prior to the game here tonight. Gallant was asked if Nemeth isn't playing for physical reasons, personal reasons, or otherwise. And then Vince also includes a a, uh, quote, excuse me, from Gerard Gallant. We don't think he's ready yet. They just want to give him some more days. So that's a very vague, very, I mean, I don't want to say an elusive answer, but it's at least, if nothing else, it's kind of a perplexing answer. Because again, you know, we've seen Nemeth in and out of the lineup this season. And, you know, at first it was a non-COVID related illness, and then it was an injury, and then it was a personal matter. And now we don't really know why he's out of the lineup. I don't think they've really given us a reason. I mean, supposedly, I think the, the reason you know, despite Gallant being kind of vague here, I think the given reason right now, it's tough to keep track of this, but I think the given reason from the Rangers right now is that he is injured. And if that's the case, then so be it. But I am starting to, you know, wonder a little bit here. Like, first of all, again, I think I'm stating the obvious here, but let's all just keep our fingers crossed and hope that everything is going okay with Patrick Nemeth away from the ice. He doesn't have any kind of a serious issue or nothing's happening with his family or anything of that nature. I think that's pretty much common sense that we all feel that way. Um, But if it's not any of that kind of stuff and he's being held out and we don't really know why, I'm almost wondering if the Rangers are getting to the point where, you know, they look at Braden Schneider and they look at Zach Jones and to a lesser extent, maybe even guys like, you know, Nils Lundqvist, he's back in the AHL. 
Um, and then also Libor Hayek has played a handful of games for the Rangers this season. I'm wondering if it's at the point where the Rangers don't look at their depth chart and say, like, you know, we tried with Nemeth. He was brought in to be, you know, the, the, st- the steady, stable veteran. But we have too many defensemen that are just quite simply better options than Patrick Nemeth right now. And I'm not even sure. I don't think they would be wrong if they if they felt that way. And, you know, obviously guys like Lundqvist and Zach Jones and Braden Schneider, all those guys have much higher long-term upside than Patrick Nemeth. I don't think Nemeth is going to like, you know, he's 29 now. I don't think he's going to come back and have a career season. I don't think he'll have a career season next year or the year after that. It's not just that, though. It's not just the fact that all those uh, aforementioned Ranger defensemen have more upside than Nemeth. It's the fact that I think they're better players than he is right now. And, you know, I know some people are going to, you know, point to Zach Jones' lack of size and say, well, you know, playoff time, you know, he could get pushed around a little bit. You know what? If that happens, I'm almost at the point where I say so be it. Because if you look at the rest of the Ranger defensemen, you know, we've been talking on here about how I I think the Ranger— Top four defensemen, it's as good as just about any quartet of defensemen that any team has in this league. We're almost getting to the point, and again, I don't want to jump the gun here because I know he's only played, I think this is his 11th game tonight, but if you want to include Braden Schneider in that group of defensemen and you want to stretch it out from a quartet to a quintet, I think you could make the case that, you know, the Rangers have five defensemen that could stack up against any other five defensemen in hockey. So if the only spot left is going to be filled by a young, high upside player who's a little bit of an offense first defenseman and, you know, maybe a little bit undersized, so be it, man. I'll take my chances with it. You can, I mean, you can't hide anybody, you know, in your NHL roster, anybody who's dressed on any given night. Uh, this isn't, you know, other sports where, you know, certain players just ride the bench the entire game. Anybody who's dressed is going to play. But I think you can get by with, uh, you know, Zach Jones playing uh, a decent amount of minutes, but not a crazy amount of minutes, even like in postseason competition. We'll see. And obviously, the way that these final 34 games of the season go are going to dictate how the Rangers approach the playoffs. But I I think it's at least possible now. We got to talk about the idea that the sun could kind of be setting on Patrick Nemeth and, you know, his run with the New York Rangers here. And I'm almost wondering if they're at a situation here where the Rangers could do something where, you know, they, they strike a trade later, this season, you know, prior to the trade deadline, and they include Patrick Nemeth in a trade uh, with a non-contending team and basically do it as a way to uh, alleviate themselves from Nemeth's contract because he's got two more years on his contract left after this. Uh, We'll see how the Rangers look to approach that, but I could see a deal like that potentially happening. But I do want to kind of shift our attention back to tonight's game here because, you know, we've talked about uh, some of the biggest highlights and, you know, some of the players who really uh, stood out in positive ways for the New York Rangers. But there are a couple other things that I want to go over. Uh, again, you know, the crazy nine-round shootout. And I mentioned that Miller scored. I might as well go ahead and uh, just kind of take you through everything that he did on this shootout attempt here. It's first attempt of his career, and you wouldn't know it from watching this. He had some nasty moves. He kind of dropped his shoulder on the way in. He faked going to his backhand, brought it back to his forehand, and there was a small opening between uh, Swayman's outstretched right pad and the post. And Miller was able to stuff at home, and that gave the Rangers the win. But I think we also have to marvel at the goals scored by both Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad. Mika Zibanejad went first for the Rangers. DeBrusque had already scored in the uh, quote-unquote top of the first for the Bruins, so Rangers are already down one to nothing. But Mika is 25 for 58 in his career, so flirting with the uh, 50% success rate on the shootout, which was, is just a crazy uh, percentage to even be near. 
Uh, but he goes in slow, basically just fakes Swayman out of his skates, moves across the crease, tucks it home. He faked going to his backhand, and it worked brilliantly. And then uh, Pasternak does not score for the Bruins. Uh, Igor Shosturkin with the save there. But then Panarin, the second shooter for the Rangers, uh, it was just ridiculous. He goes in so slow. He went wide up the left side, stick handles a bunch, you know, in front of the net. Finally, just, you know, pulls it to his backhand and tucks it home. Uh, you know, Strom and him were celebrating on the bench. Strom almost kind of had Panarin in a headlock. I think even Strom every now and then is amazed by some of the things that uh, Artemi Panarin does on the ice. And he's been playing with him for two and a half seasons now on the same line. But uh, just really cool to see. I mean, Panarin, just a human cheat code. And honestly, if, if you happen to miss this game tonight, first of all, I'm sorry because it was a fantastic win for the Rangers. But secondly, get yourself to a screen right now and watch the shootout and specifically watch Artemi Panarin because... No words I say are going to justify just how nasty this was and uh, just, just how special of a player he really is, uh, just pulling off moves like that and uh, just, you know, beating a goalie who had his A game tonight and beating him uh, pretty convincingly as well. It's also very easy to forget. You know, when you watch your team play in a any kind of shootout, really, but especially one that goes nine rounds and they end up winning, and, you know, as a Ranger fan, you're basically living and dying with every shootout attempt by both the Rangers and the Bruins, and, you know, you're, you're at the edge of your seat quite literally and, uh, you know, yelling at the TV and doing whatever you're doing. By the time all the dust settles on a nine-round shootout in which your team gets the win, you might not remember everything that happened in the overtime. And honestly... If I wasn't taking notes, I'm not sure I'd be able to uh, really remember a whole lot. One thing I definitely would have remembered, though, was just a ridiculous save by Igor Shuster. I mean, how many times have I said that? But again, it's it's the truth. You know, it really was a ridiculous save. But, you know, Hall and Pasternak are going in on a two-on-one, and Igor moves to his left. He basically dives across the goal crease. Hall passed to his right to Pasternak. This had game-winning goal written all over it, but you know what? The New York Rangers have Igor Shosturkin. There's no other goalie that I'd rather have in this league on this planet, and uh, Igor lays out to his left and makes the save. Play continues, and Strom passes way up the ice to Artemi Panarin to spring him on a breakaway. Uh, Panarin went in, and he was stopped by Swayman, so the game continues, and then we had that situation where Igor was crashed into by Craig Smith of the Bruins, and again, great job by Lafreniere and Miller and Goudreau getting in there, getting him out of there. I mean, Lafreniere took a penalty, so I don't know. I mean, there's part of me that like wishes, okay, maybe just try to stay cool and, and don't take that penalty, and now you've got a power play in overtime, but by the same token, you got to protect your goalie, especially Igor Shesterkin, who has had some injuries, you know, thus far in his young NHL career. So I can't get too mad at Lafreniere for that. Um, but, you know, both guys go to the penalty box and you continue to skate three on three anyway because those are the rules of overtime. I also got to call some attention to a play made by Jacob Truba in the overtime period as well. He was basically one-on-one -on -one with Pasternak. Pasternak entered the Rangers zone with a good amount of speed and Truba just stays with him and just checks him and knocks him down to the ice and takes the puck away from him. And I know I've asked this question on this podcast uh, in the past as well, but are there seriously any Ranger fans that still are holding out on Jacob Truba? Look, I know he'll have a miscue every now and then. He's not perfect, but this guy, you know, I mean, he plays his heart out every single game for this team. By all accounts, he's really stepped up as a leader in the locker room. Uh, he was mixing it up, almost got into a fight earlier tonight. Uh, just uh, another strong overall game for Jacob Truba. And uh, again, you know, somebody that to me shows up to play every single time the New York Rangers are in action. And that's got to count for something. And a big play here, knocking down Pasternak. And in fact, earlier in this game, uh, Igor Sesterkin came way out of his crease to play the puck and Pasternak was moving in. And Pasternak kind of, uh, 
you know, knocked Igor down to the ice, and the Ranger bench was was yelling about that. There was nothing called on the play. Uh, Pasternak ended up taking a hit from Ryan Reeves just after that. Reeves, by the way, ends up with a game-high eight hits in this game because, of course, he does. I mean, what else would you even expect at this point? And uh, there was one other sequence that I wanted to talk about in this game, and I feel like, you know, this was a game, again, so much happened. There's so many different angles to look at this from. But there was a sequence in the first period that I thought really kind of got the Rangers wrong a little bit. Now, they were already down one to nothing at this point. But there was, uh, again, a sequence where all four Ranger lines, one after the next, all had what I thought were pretty good shifts. Uh, you had a really good shift by the Filipino line, you know, moving the puck around in the uh, Bruins zone and, and looking for the equalizer. Again, this is all happening in the first period. But you had Heedle and Gautier and Dryden Hunt out there. Some good passing. Uh, Zach Jones and Braden Schneider were out there as well. All five guys touching the puck, you know, working hard. Couldn't get a shot on net because Boston was defending very well, especially at this point in the game. But sustained pressure in the Boston zone for the first time in this game. Like I said, it's unfortunate that they couldn't get a shot on the net. Uh, couldn't score a goal. That would be even better. Um... But I thought this shift got the crowd back into it a little bit, kind of woke up the Madison Square Garden faithful. And then uh, you had the fourth line out there, and Reeves on this shift uh, got a shot on goal. It was the Rangers' first shot on goal of the night, 12 minutes and 15 seconds into the game. And as we've talked about on here, I need to see the Rangers start putting the puck at the net a little bit more often. We'll give them a little bit of a break because, again, they were kind of rusty tonight. The Bruins were playing great defense. They had to kind of find their legs and, and find their A game and all that good stuff. But it took 12 minutes and 15 seconds to register a shot on goal. But regardless, uh, a strong shift by that fourth line there. And then the Rangers, you know, they're, they're starting to find that next gear and the Panarin line comes out and they look really dangerous. You get Fox taking a shot from the blue line. Swayman got just enough of it to send it wide. And then the Mika line came out there, you know, Kreider and Lafreniere and the three of them the Bruins to take an icing. So all four lines, one right after the next, uh, all have a strong shift for the Rangers here in this sequence. I thought that was really, really cool to see. And that's when the Rangers started to find it a little bit. They started to kind of, uh, you know, feed off of each other, feed off of the crowd a little bit. That's when it started looking like, okay, these are the New York Rangers of 2021-2022 that we all know and love. And indeed, uh, they started playing better almost immediately after this sequence. So that was great to see there. Again, all four lines, one right after the next. There were no play stoppages throughout any of this. Uh, the Bruins took an icing at the very end of it, but one line after the next went out there and uh, just continued to almost like pass the baton. You know, we had a great shift. Now you have a great shift. Now you have a great shift. Now you have a great shift. It was, it was really awesome and something that could very easily get overlooked. But I, I think it's, uh, again, a big spot in this game that once again got the Rangers to kind of rediscover their A game after what was a slow start. And again, I apologize if there's anything else that I missed from this game. But again, it, it was a wild game. Uh, there was just a ton to talk about. And the Rangers come away with one of their most satisfying and most exciting wins of the season, taking down the Boston Bruins 2-1 to one in their first game back after the All-Star break. And that will pretty much do it for today. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets.